Hello, folks, and welcome to Reality Blows. <laughs> this is the evening edition of your favorite podcast. Yeah, you know, we live in an apartment complex. A lot of people around us. I, I don't want to yell and scream like we normally do. We're going to be soft tonight. It's, it's, it's late at night. We want to just get through this. We're recording later than we would like. We had a very busy day. Yes. And so now we're just going to make uh, an agreement right up top not to yell while we record. Yeah, we're going to have, it's going to be real chill. It's going to be a laid back podcast. After dark chat shit. Yeah, why don't you light a couple of candles, start yes. playing some jazz, get comfy. Don't get romantic. That'd be odd. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> literally I guess nothing, that did. Literally nothing less romantic uh, than this podcast. Yeah, we're going to talk about Universal Studios. We're going to talk about the movie, The Batman. We're going to talk about our Sunday comedy show last night, our first comedy show in LA. But before we begin, I just want to say hi. My name's Ashley Brooke Roberts. Did I not say my name? I don't think so. My name is Nick Maritato. Maybe you said it right up the top, but I had to get mine in there. You got to get yours in there. Got to get the credit. We also got some listener-generated questions. That's right. That's right. That's right. We are actually going to read some questions from the internet that we were asked, and we will answer them all today here on Reality <laughs> Blue. Truly a miracle. Like Nick asked, I don't know, two months ago, two or three months ago, for um, some pot, some questions, suggestions, and we got them. It feels good. We want your questions. We want suggestions. We want those questions, suggestions now. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> He's run late. off the rails. It is late. All right, let's start getting into some of the topics, and I think that'll get us back on the rails. So Let's talk about Universal Studios right off the bat. All right, first, we're going to talk about the comedy show that we did what in the hell? Los Angeles, because I don't have that much to say about it. It was just really good. Uh, we didn't really tell you folks, but Ashley and I and our friend Alex started a comedy show right in our neighborhood, this really fun bar, and it's going to be the third no fourth sundays of every month starting next month we did one on easter just as like a tester and we were like let's just throw some fun friends on do a little stand up invite some people and see what happens folks we did it last night it was uh the talk of the town it was really fun it was something i kept billing as a get the ball rolling show because this will be like an established monthly show but this was our first and we didn't have that much time to prepare for it because we kind of like talked with the owner a couple of weeks beforehand usually you want a month you know to get the promotion really going but we were we started promoting it like a week out so we didn't think it was gonna be uh you know I'll say it. I didn't think it was going to be. I as didn't. I also didn't think it was going to be <laughs> as successful as, as successful it was. as it was. I think we may have all been shocked. I think we could speak for Alex as well. Yeah. I they, people just kind of showed up. Uh, the place that we're doing it at is uh, kind of cozy and it's got not, a cool vibe. Not huge, uh, so that helps. And uh, super close to our apartment, and we booked a whole bunch of funny friends. Everybody was really funny, and then we got to get up on stage and also be funny. It's so. so the opposite of New York. Like yes. people came to this show who are who it's are impossible to be funny in New York. Well, just meeting like getting people out is so difficult. Like. People came last night because they just wanted to see a comedy show. Like, w did you know anyone in New York who was just wanted to just see a comedy show? The last time that I produced a comedy show in New York where I was the one, you know, I was the reason why anybody would be there or not be there. It was a pre-pandemic world and it was really different than now. So yeah. it's almost hard for me to remember exactly like how I felt about like people leaving their house because 
I mean, not to, you know, contradict, I almost feel like it's the absolute opposite. We're in New York City, like, everybody's always at a comedy show at all times. You're right, because I was just thinking, like, about my show at the UCB, and I was like, there were just tons of people there. I didn't know who they were. But it's it feels different when you feel like you're in charge of generating the audience. Yeah, it's so stressful. And it's you know stressful. what? Yesterday, n- no different. We actually all got together under the guise. Well, first of all, I wasn't supposed to be a part of this show to begin with. Uh, Ashley and Alex had a drink at the bar that we ended up having the show at, and they were like, we should do a stand-up show. And then for some reason, I was asked to be involved. I don't know why. That's not the norm around these parts. Usually when Ashley has a fun thing going on and doesn't include me, she really just, you know, holds that... uh... Oh, I taunt him. (laughs) Yeah. I do little dances. I go, you're not invited. But for some reason, I was invited, and I was like, okay. And I was told by Ashley, like, play a backseat role, Buster Brown. I just didn't want Nick busting in there and bossing everybody around and folks i know i was told before this podcast i shouldn't say folks anymore but folks last one folks no you can say it just the first time we started <laughs> recording this podcast you said it like 20 times in a row man if i had the guts to just put in all of the false starts that we had trying to start this podcast tonight it would be pretty incredible if someone venmos me a hundred dollars yeah. <laughs> i will make you a super we've cut. made this we've actually thrown this gauntlet down before uh and no takers yeah uh, for you're missing false out starts. um yeah the drafts for this podcast folks boy let's just say not safe for work <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah it it's hard for me to envision what it was like trying to produce a show pre-pandemic. Post-pandemic, I do find that the people who are willing to come out are just like very happy to see a show and yeah. just kind of like, this is kind of new for us, so we're excited. So it almost feels like a whole new world, and that's how we're uh, starting our journeys here, our comedic journeys here in L.A. I mean, Ashley threw a couple of shows, or had a show um, that she threw a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. End of February. And, and th- that was really successful. I, you know, but you guys had more on the line for that show. We did. And we were like super prepared. Like yeah. we had so many slideshows and like bits. make money back. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. it, there was like stakes. Yes. Um, this is a little bit more loosey goosey, a little bit more neighborhood ish, but it reminded me of what I was going to say when you and Alex decided that you were going to start this show, the whole reason you wanted to start it is because the bar is so cool and so close to our apartments and you wanted a laid back experience running a show yes you invited me you're like listen we want this to be laid back we all met up i was like i get the vibe let's talk about it everybody's like laid back we're casual we're just having a casual fun time we just want to do a little comedy hang with our friends invite our friends to do comedy drink a couple of beers on a sunday night and i was like totally down and then about a week out the panic started to set in <laughs> and we don't live with Alex, but we live with each other. <laughs> and Ashley and I just definitely started kind of bumping into one another, just going like, how are we going to get people there? What are we going to do? Is the show going to be fine? What should we do? And I would say that the day of Sunday, yesterday for us right now, um, I woke up with some anxiety where I was like, what have we gotten ourselves into? Like, why did we think that we could do this? promote an entire show, book the thing, get people to come out. Cause I would imagine 99% of the people that listen to this podcast have never promoted, performed on and booked their own stand-up comedy show. It's a pain. It's like, not only do you have to worry about like yourself. All you want to do is perform. Right. You don't want to do like the admin work. And it's, it's just confusing. like. confusing. Our yeah. brains aren't built that way. Also, we're booking friends and sometimes not friends. Yeah. Sometimes acquaintances. Sometimes people we just don't even know to come out 
spend their time and then do this show for us. And and folks, let me just tell you something. This t- sorry, I said it again, but they, I needed it this time, folks. Let me just tell you something. This level of stand-up comedy for those comedians ain't paying a lot to come out. So if it's a bad time, you feel guilty. You're like, really ah, I made guilty. my friend stay out and perform all my shitty on a show Sunday night. On a Sunday night, could have been watching The Sopranos. But luckily, that didn't happen. It was a blast. It was really fun. I saw a lot of old people from New York. Or you saw a lot of old people. Old friends from New York is what I meant to say. Oh, okay, um, makes more sense. Which was wonderful. I had a great time, and I look forward to the next one. And babe, I bring you in on all my cool projects. It's not exactly true unless you need some technical expertise. What cool course. project do you feel left out of? I don't know, the at-home film festival? You're a huge part of that. Yeah, the technical part. <laughs> yeah, we could not run the show. Yeah, I know that. I had you, to I had to come in like in a uh like a way where I couldn't handle it anymore watching you guys struggle <laughs> with the tech aspects of that short film festival. You'd think after 2 or 3 months you would have figured it out, but you no. guys really never did. Nah, our internet's bad. No, it's not. <laughs> You guys, your brains are bad. <laughs> Our brains aren't bad. We're just creatives. Hey, I'm a creative too. Yeah, but you have that other side of your brain that can do the tech stuff. I taught myself that stuff. Much like and the reason that you don't even still know how to turn this machine on that we're talking to. I know how to turn it on. It's on no, the side. If I turned it off and then I like turned it around a few times or I like I like hid your eyes with a blindfold for like 13 seconds, you wouldn't know how this thing worked anymore. Do you dare me? To prove you wrong. To prove you wrong. So you did, you claim to have been a DJ in college. Yes. Now, did you know how to do that? Yes. I know you can talk. Yes. We've proved it here many, many times. There was a notebook with step-by-step. Laminate me some steps, babe. (laughs) Give me a notebook, a three-ring binder. Like potting up the machines and uh, like making sure the mics were live and stuff. I would switch places with someone who was already there, so I didn't have to turn things on. I wasn't opening the studio. So you you didn't have to do anything technical when you were a DJ? Just play music and chat, and I have to do a PSA every like 15 minutes or you know there's like a 15 minutes into the hour you have to oh, do you know, this a is thing. actually a great idea why don't we do you uh, no you can't do that why can't you do that she's giving me crazy eyes i just do you have like you don't have the rap i just wanted to see like the howard stern like wnbc babe i haven't thought about it in 18 years <laughs> so what's the name of what was the name of your college radio station wknc so would it be like this 88.1 hi you're listening to dj schley on 88.1 <laughs> knc you were dj schley yeah hilarious <laughs> how come i never knew that you were dj schley you didn't I know can't that? Even say it dj schley dj schley no i did not know that and did people know you around campus? Like, hey, there's DJ Slay. Oh, look, it's DJ Slay. She no. she plays the great greatest hits. Nope. I think everybody was like, oh, you? That's you? Huh? Okay. And, and then uh, you would play songs like what? Oh my God, so much indie music, so much Bright Eyes at the time. Yeah, that adds up. Yeah, it was a fun time. I always wanted to play rap. This is something that I would. I've told you about this. I'm sure. Tell the people. Where I wanted to play rap and they were like, uh, all those station, all those slots are, have been taken because you would have to pay, play a certain type of music during a certain time slot. And so the nighttime was for rap and like all, <laughs> we of, all know that the nighttime <laughs> is for rap. Folks. And like the DJs who had like the rap slots were like very cool and 
I think they had some local power with like the rap scene in North Carolina or like, you know, a figment of power. Because one time I went to a party and this guy was a rapper and he, he found out that I was, um, they had a radio show there and he was like, can I give you my demo? And I was like, sure, but like, I can't play rap. And he was like, that's okay. I just want you to have it. Maybe you can give it to somebody. And I was like, wow, I bet if I did play music, if I could play rap music, I'd have my fingers in some more pots in this town, you know, a little bit cooler than i am now playing wilco at 8 a.m so there wasn't uh any like indie rock bands that were like slipping you demos um i played my friend's band the honored guest a couple of times i would play them but no not really my friends were in like punk bands and none of them had demos at the time was there a punk show Yes, there was a punk show. And you didn't want to be the punk show person? The punk show person was like a coveted spot as well. Like these were like highly guarded, you know. But I think there was only like one punk show and it was like people, they were aiming. They were trying to get that. People who had been in the system a little longer than me. It's interesting because, I mean, the college radio stations when I grew up that I could get, um, Brookdale Public Radio, which you still can, which is the community college. And that was a lot of it was a 98 five the night. And that was a lot of indie rock, like all the time. Yeah. Um, and then the only other one I remember, which is the one that I used to listen to all the time in high school, was Seton Hall's uh, radio station, which is called uh, uh, WSOU, Seton Hall Pirate Radio. Mm-hmm. They were the pirates, but uh, it was all metal. An entire college radio station dedicated to heavy metal. And the way that they would split it up was like Friday night is punk night. You know what I mean? Or like nine to 10 every night was punk. And then it would be like you'd get like hardcore like in the middle of the night. And then you'd get like crazy death metal like on the weekends. Like so they had subgenres of metal. But it was such a huge station for breaking metal bands and like real metal bands that were cool at the time. And when I was listening to it, it was probably like 99 to 2002 or something like would go on WSOU and they were like touring bands, but like, because they were, that was the only radio station that was playing like death metal, like in the Northeast. Mm. Um, and so it got like national coverage and like they would throw a lot of shows locally in New Jersey and New York. They would sponsor like a lot of heavy metal shows. So college radio was pretty important to me because I used to, I found out about a whole, a bunch of bands. It was like the one time that I really listened to appointment, um, radio, music, music radio. Mm. I had listened to Howard Stern and then, you know, Opie and Anthony when they were on the radio, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was huge, but it was weird to me, I guess, like now and hearing you, like a college radio station, they were just like, we're just doing metal. Like, yeah, if you I've want, never heard of that. Yeah, if you wanted to be on the radio there, you had to like know heavy metal. Um, I always kind of wanted to do it a little bit, but they never got to do anything cool. I always wanted, anytime I think about radio is like this, like Howard Stern, yeah. where I was like, well, I would, I would just probably talk for a half hour. I wasn't allowed to really talk. Yeah. I see? could just say like the time and then do like the, the radio ID and the PSA and play music. That would kill me. I'd want to talk so much. On it was thing. tough. It was tough. Yeah. I wasn't like crazy about it. It was just kind of something I always wanted to do. And I'm glad I did it. Because then it got me to do Washington Heights Free Radio when I moved to New York. Right. I went up there with you once. Yeah, I brought you up there and interviewed you about comedy when we were first <sighs> flirting. Dude, we have to find this tape. If we it's, could find that and play that on here, like literally would be our first like 
Was that our first time this. we hung out? No, it would be the first time we were ever recorded together. Yeah, but was that the f- that's true? And was that the first time we hung out one on one though? Like I feel like that was it a was special. Close. It was close to that. It was, but you were. I was already your boyfriend. Oh, you were because okay. like you were like you had just told your like the uh, the woman that worked there as yeah. well or whoever's apartment it was. Yeah, like, that Vern. like I was your I was your boyfriend. I was bringing over my guy. Right. Mm-hmm. We have to find that. Where could we find it? On their archives. And then how? Just dig through dates? Yeah. We'd have to like kind of, yeah, I know it was on Wednesdays. Um, I guess if you just kind of search for you, there wouldn't be that many episodes to sift through. I'm going to do it and we're going to release it on this. Well, I'm going to listen to it first and then we'll release it. I can't even imagine what we would have even talked about because it wasn't, you didn't play music. You just interviewed. I thought we talked about comedy. Yeah. You just talked talked about comedy. Listen, I want to talk about. I bet you it's. (laughs) I. Bet you it's so funny and bad. Honestly, when we were just talking about possibly playing it on here, the Patreon episode I did with Julia, yeah. where we listened to the uh, radio pilot that her and I made, and that you made as well. You were voices on. You you played a couple of voices on. Yeah, that. I made it too. I put it together. You Remember also that? made it. <laughs> And so then like, hey, you you were involved as well. <laughs> I was like in the back room of our Brooklyn apartment for like four hours listening to you and Julia do silly voices. Well, Julia and I wrote it and then you recorded and you played some voices. Hey, I cast you, babe. And I cast you. Um, but we we played that like pilot episode on our Patreon account here. And then Julia and I had an interview where we talked about it afterwards and like our process and stuff. And I begged Nick to take it down from our Patreon. It's finally down. It's finally down. Because I wouldn't really take it down. I convinced you that it was important for us to leave it up. He was like, some people like to listen to this stuff. Some people like this sort of thing. And then... My dad liked it. Yeah. I appreciate that, Steve. I think that's just because he likes, you know, us. Well, yeah, but he also likes... You know, he gets it. He likes comedy. He he listens to a lot of podcasts of people talking about process and stuff. You know? you know what it is? It's hard for me to talk about process. I am not interested in doing it. I have like a six part um, podcast coming out with this company called Meet Cute, and it's like a rom com. It's all about mall workers in the early aughts. And I had to fill out this creator's profile that they're going to use as part of the social media and answer questions like, what is your creative process? And like, what inspires you? And, you know, things I do not have the answer to, or I'm or interested in talking uh, about. Farts yeah. I'm both. just like, I don't know. I have to make stuff or, or I'll go nuts. How about that? Does that count? I go nuts for donuts. That I gotta counts. make things. Sorry. Um, I never had it. I know how to, I never, uh, never, I read someone else's and they were like, (laughs) I'm inspired by Sunday evenings, you know, playing chess with my dad and listening to jazz and stuff. And I'm like, well, the problem is your, your knee joke, knee joke, your knee jerk reaction is to sort of make a joke out of it. Yes, that is actually what that is the problem. Anytime I'm ever asked to submit a bio for myself, the idea of actually writing one is like sickening to me. Impossible not to make a joke out of a bio. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast or I just told you about this or you just found out about this recently and that's why it feels recent. But even in my high school days when I was in plays and musicals, um, I, I remember I confused like a bunch of my family members because like they looked at, we had like a little playbill like on oh, the, that's and cute. like in my bio, I just took, um, 
Fred Savage's bio. Oh, that's fun. And I just put it, it was just my name. I just replaced my name with Fred Savage. And so my grandfather, my grandfather reading this, I mean, like, is this kid really doing all this stuff? <laughs> like, I saw him all the time forever. And for, uh, the idea that he, I tricked him into thinking that I was like on the wonder years for a second is very funny to me. That's but incredible. Like, even when I was like 16, I was like, I cannot write a fucking bio for yeah. myself that's ridiculous i can't do it either why would anybody give a shit about what i've done it's not even that it's just like i don't want to be serious about myself right. really right. like but on that note let's talk about universal studios because i had a lot of fun on that note let's do it we went there with our friends sean and aaron and they're a very fun kid yeah love going to a theme park with a kid man it changes things yeah it was a lot different i think right yeah i loved it we went on friday it was passover nick and i rolled up with our passes ready to just be swiped on in and universal was like mm, sorry you have to upgrade you have to go from silver to gold. So yeah, I guess he will never be able to go to um, Universal without having to go to the box office and pay <laughs> extra money. I don't know. It it's just, so I mean, confusing. It's only been two times and it's whatever. It shouldn't happen the next time. But man, of course, I had a gold card. Ashley had a silver card and the silver card was at a blackout day when yeah. we went and mine wasn't. So luckily it was not just, you know. It wasn't the both of us, you know, so we sort of got away with it, kind of. Still 90 bucks. But we just never checked, you know, because normally we're making reservations. You yeah, know? we're doing it on and, the app. We never looked at the blackout in, dates. In Disney, but like for Universal, you're not making a reservation. You're just kind of chancing it. Here's what I thought was weird about us going into Universal is that they take your fingerprint. Universal scans your fingers and takes your print and it's just like such a it's a it's a level up from Disney which just looks at a picture of you like Disney's just like oh yeah that's you come on in it's confusing to me because I feel like Disney would have tighter security than Universal there's an element there's a feeling of chaos brewing in Universal not quite Six Flags level but like a little bit more I don't know, rough or rowdy. You feel like something could pop off in Universal, maybe. <laughs> I don't necessarily feel that way. I don't like the fingerprint thing, though. It's just weirds me out a little bit. Although the photo isn't that cool either. The fact that they have to, they have a photo of you every single time that you walk in. You don't like that? I don't know. I, I don't really like the idea of anybody having any sort of documentation or records on me. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't want my presence followed or traced. Yeah. You know, there's actually a fun game I've started. I went to Disney by myself. Did we talk about that on the podcast a couple I pr- weeks ago? Probably. And when you're by yourself in Disney, you start noticing all of the hidden cameras. Ooh, they are everywhere. Yeah, I think we did talk about that. Okay. And are they not in Universal? I haven't seen one. Not one. Not one. Either they're not there or they're better at hiding them. We... Probably the former. We went to Universal, like we said, with a kid. So that meant we did the Minions ride. Hadn't done that yet. It was fun. It was okay. I have to start making a confession uh-oh. I don't really like Universal. Shit, dude. We just spent so much money there to and become members. And I'll go members. because it's something for us all to do. And you know what? I like walking around Universal. Yeah. And But I don't like any rides at Universal. I like two of them and we didn't go on them. I like Harry Potter. I like Jurassic Park. Yeah. And I like Mummy. Those yeah, three. the mummy rides kind of sucks compared to other dinky. roller coasters. Uh, it's fast, so you get that. The Jurassic Park ride is very cool, um, and I do like that. And that uh, Harry Potter, uh, what is it? Uh, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. That is an amazing ride. It's really, it's really cool. It's but, the best ride. But 
I don't know, besides that in Jurassic Park, like, man, I don't think there are any good rides in the whole damn park. Did not like the Simpsons ride. We waited. The first yeah. time we went, it was closed. And then this time we were like, oh, hell yeah. The Simpsons ride is open. This is going to be awesome. We went and got one of those big pink donuts to eat in line. We waited 45 minutes. We got on the Simpsons ride and I got nauseous. I was doing okay with the nausea in that trip. The first trip that we went to, I got pretty sick early on. And then every ride kind of just made me feel a little bit worse. Mm. And so I really didn't like it. I still don't think anything holds a candle to the um, Transformers ride as far as how I felt getting off of it. That really messed you up. It was sickening for me to the point where it's like, I don't know if I want to go on that ride anymore. Like I have like a like knee jerk reaction to stay away, which I'm sure it was just like I wasn't feeling too good on the way in. Yeah. You know, and so we, yeah, we went on the Simpsons ride. I really like the Simpsons world. It's cool, that land. It's so cool. It's cool to go in the Quickie Mart. It's cool to see. I mean, they. it's really, it's really fun. It's a little small, but it's really fun. Um, You know, it's just like, whoa, I get to experience what it would be like if it was the Simpsons and they had a theme park, you know. Um, And the whole. You feel like you're walking around Springfield. There's Moe's Bar. There's the Quickie Mart. It doesn't exactly feel like what I what I imagine Springfield. It's kind of close. It's kind of like if Six Flags was was The Simpsons. Um, It's better than that. A little better. Uh, The ride I was very excited to go on, although I was my expectations were a bit tempered because I knew it was going to be a screen ride. So many screen rides. That's the big point here. Okay. That you guys need to know who have never gone to universal. You're spending a lot of time seated, um, seated in sort of like a box that gets jumbled while looking at a screen is the best way to describe it. And I find the screens not to be bright enough. Yeah. Uh, I would say that the Simpsons ride was not as bright as I wish it would have been. I don't know. I, I don't know why. It's like when you have your screen brightness and you're like, what's going on? And then like on your laptop and then you're like, oh, it's like three notches down. And you're like squinting And a you give bit. it like, you just pop it up those three notches and you're like, whoa, this is vibrant and great. Your I'm eyes not, relax. I'm, I'm not struggling here at all. Uh, it's kind of like that's a little dim at Universal on all of the rides. Um, so we went on that. It was cool to see it and... I enjoyed it and I'll go on it again. You know, the Simpsons ride. I didn't think it was horrible. Ashley, you done? I think I'm done. I think I'm just going to do Harry Potter, Jurassic Park and Mummy. So we didn't get on any of those rides. We did not. Uh, Mostly because um, our friend's child was very small and those rides are like thrill rides. Yeah. But I think that's okay because I wanted to try those other rides and now I know. Me too. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't butthurt that we didn't get on it. Not to mention, like, the lines were kind of long that day. That it we was went. a busy day. Busy day. It was a nice day. It was Passover. Kids were off, all that stuff. So, um, we, we Are like, you what? about to, are well, you going to yeah, do it? Are I'm you like, going to well, do what I think you're doing? I'm like, well, what else are we supposed to do? And uh, we kind of look at the little app and we see that there's a show. And that show is a stunt show. And that stunt show is Waterworld. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to say my version of this, which is that we walked into the park and I was like, I want to see the Waterworld show. Like I which saw Which version <laughs> is right? <laughs> I saw it. I saw it being advertised the last time we were here and I like definitely want to check that out. Now, and Aaron was and like And that's because you love Waterworld. Yes, it's cuz I love the movie Waterworld starring yeah. Kevin Costner. And that is when Aaron who was with us was like, "Oh yeah, like I I want to see that too." And so it seemed like 
we were all on board as a group. This time, we were going to catch a show, and boy, oh boy, did we do just that. Well, I'll tell you, we wanted to go probably around 4.30. We looked. There was like a 5 o'clock. We couldn't get to it. Not in We time. were eating food in we Harry Potter food, land. <laughs> had to eat. Um, and then we were like, oh, let's catch the next one. It's at six. Couldn't get to it. Six thirty. You know. No, we got to the six thirty. Well, there was two. There that was we like missed. a three and a five. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And we went to like maybe the second to last show of the evening, something like that. And we th- got there. We thought it says get there fifteen minutes early. We got there like twenty minutes early, and there was a big line. Big line. We get in. We're realizing when there's not many places to sit. So Nick puts me in charge. He's like, do it, Ashley. Pick the seats. So Ashley runs over to these green seats right in the center. I was trying. They were off to the side. I was trying to not get in like the first few rows because when you're going in, it's like this is a water ride, like a, a water show, and you may get wet. Right. You may you may get wet. So now, all the seats that were like way up, they were full. So I, all the seats that were like in the front were kind of empty-ish. So I went for the middle off to the side and i thought i did a good job and it was uh, just like just a perfect little bench for us to sit and we all fit in this little area and yeah we're like, okay we're tucked away then we're told that the green bleachers are the wet bleachers water zone that's the water zone we looked down we were in fact on green bleachers yep. but once again all the silver bleachers taken and we were committed to this and we did feel, I felt tucked away a bit. Yeah, we were in the corner. So it's like, imagine, a, you know, an audience that's divided into three sections. We were in the middle section, but on the far left. So tucked into the corner where there was like a little hallway. It seemed like we'd be fine. Now, what they do is they bring out some of the stuntmen, the actors, and they kind of are the warm-up comics. Absolutely. For the show, as the stunt show is setting up. Uh, three people, one guy in the center, two flanking on the sides, kind of like deal with their bunch of bleachers and fans. And uh, they just basically say, you're going to get wet, folks, if you're sitting around here. And they have little like squirt guns and they squirt. They have buckets of water. They're just like starting to throw buckets of water on the audience. And like at first, my first like the first inkling of like, oh, this might be like really wet was just an unsuspecting woman just like walking by. Uh, one of the guys who were like the warm-up comics and the guy just had took like a huge bucket of water and just dumped it all over her like drenched this woman to the point where her shoes were wet yeah you, we saw a, no a couple of people get just absolutely destroyed just like annihilated with buckets of water and i'm like whoa yeah. that is like intense to just do to like a random person who has to walk around all day after this yeah and like throwing the water into the audience like yes. a huge bucket of water on someone like three feet away but when you're getting hit with like a bucket of water in the audience i mean and they were like 20 feet away. You're getting sprinkled with water. Well, sometimes you know, he would sprayed. whip it, but sometimes he would just slosh yeah. it on a person. Yeah. And but for the most part, I would I got hit once or twice, but it was like a spray. Yeah, it was like little speckles. And, and it was we were like, like, all right, we'll be all right. We're, we're safe. We're safe. Stunt also, show. Oh, go ahead. I just want to say it, it was kind of cold. We it, had already it was gone. Getting cold. Sun was going down. Yeah, sun was going down. And we had already gone into one gift shop to find me a sweatshirt. Yes, yes. Because I was like, I'm chilly. To no avail. So, uh, Universal's merch sucks. It's not good. So, stunt show starts. Yeah. And some jet skis come out. And it's really rad. It's really fun. Things are blowing up. There's a fight scenes. People are taking, like, getting shot, like, off of, like, the top of the thing and doing, like, dead man falls, like, over the. I mean, it was really a cool show. It was actually very fun. And 
everyone who was in it are like real stunt doubles. And as it's going on, I'm noticing that some of these jet ski guys are like whipping their jet skis around and kind of spraying the audience with like their like jet ski as they make like, you know, they do a turn and just like sharp turn, shoot water at like the audience. And some people were getting kind of wet and I was like, oh shit. And we just kept missing it. It was just too good. And I would say three quarters into the show, like no one's paying attention. We're all kind of looking at one another. We're just enjoying the explosions and the flips. Folks, and I needed it that time. <laughs> Folks, capital F-O-L-K-S. We get douche with water like nobody's ever been hit with water before. I've never experienced anything like that. I mean, a sheet of water pounded us. I like, mean, like right in my chest us. and then drenched my whole clothes down All to my underwear like everything was soaking wet i was like in jeans and a shirt and and it it came out of nowhere like usually when something's coming at you you have a split second to react to like you know close your body up you know to try and protect some parts of you but i didn't even know i was getting hit until i was doused oh, with this water I mean, just as if you had jumped into a lake i mean the most wet you could possibly be our hair was so <laughs> i mean ashley and i got like a full blast and then to the left of me was our friends and their little son got pretty much 98% of that blast as well. Uh, and the this three is of a four-year-old. Yeah. The three of us, <laughs> Nick, me, and the kid, looked like we had jumped in a lake and then stepped out of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Bad news. And our friend Sean was only dry in the midsection <laughs> Where because his kid, his, was. his kid had been blocking him. I mean... <laughs> I've never been that wet before in my entire life, and I've taken showers. Um, <laughs> I mean, this was so crazy. And then, like, they're like, "Okay, good night." Bye. <laughs> and then you just like walk out of there, and you're like, "I was what? shocked." You know, it was crazy. I, I didn't. We were like too shocked, but I didn't even tell you. But like, as we were walking by, like people who were going into the next show were looking at you and I, and looking up and down, and then being like, "Oh man, they really got wet. We maybe we shouldn't go." Like, I think we were the wettest people there. <laughs> Like, I can't believe how soaking wet we were. It was crazy. When it ha after it happened, Nick and I just looked at each other and laughed for like five minutes. Yeah. Because it was so shocking. It there was, was no wild. other appropriate reaction. So, I don't remember the rest of the show after that. I don't remember the rest of the day, really. I, so Ashley, immediately following, had to go to a store and like a normal person buy you know, a t-shirt or a hoodie. What did you end up buying? I bought a, that long sleeve Gryffindor shirt. Oh yeah, it's a good shirt. I like that shirt. Thank you. And uh, you kind of, your underwear was wet, but yeah. you, were, you were a little bit better, I right? I could not believe how soaked I was. When, Through when, jeans? When That's you, crazy. When you changed your pants, were you a little better? I mean, not pants, uh, shirt. Were you when I better? changed my shirt, I was better. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I just decided I was just going to stay wet Nick for the whole day. Nick roughed it. I couldn't believe it. I just stayed. My pants and shirt were wet. And I, they did not dry by the time I got home. <laughs> you had on like a nice thick shirt. Yeah, I had on like a thicker. very thin shirt that was like clinging to me. And I was like, I have to put something else on. I feel indecent. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But, um, you know, still better than, you know, the 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 Simpsons, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. And another fun thing that happened is while we were right after we bought the clothes, we saw Elizabeth Warren. Yes, Elizabeth Warren and our friends saw French Stewart. Yeah. The French Stewart. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Universal. This is what I want to do. If they just had something like 
dining that was good. I want to go on the studio tour because everybody says that that's fun. I want to watch more shows there. Like, I think we should make it a point to just go on the three rides we like, watch some shows, and then maybe eat some food. I saw. Yeah. I wish I liked it more. I don't know why. I guess Disney sort of ruined it for me. Disney's so high quality. Disney is the best. Just high, high quality. It's really wild how much better Disney is than Universal. There's yeah. just no comparing it. Uh, we'll give it another try. try. We have to. Got to make our money back. Got to make that money. And then some. Got to get <laughs> paid. Start getting paid get to go there. That, that, that. Folks, did you watch SNL last weekend? On Saturday? Lizzo? It's pretty good. I've been watching SNL. Ashley watches it sometimes with me, too. Let's talk about what we have been watching. Okay. We watched a Japanese reality show on Netflix called Old Enough, where they send, like, four-year-olds, toddlers, to young children to do errands unaccompanied by adults. These are, like, five-minute episodes. They're quick. They're lovely. They're, like, 12 minutes. 12 minutes. They're quick. They're lovely. They send the kid out into the world. Go buy these groceries. You know, go give this to the neighbor. And then the kid just... Finds a way to make it happen. Pretty heartwarming. Pretty pretty um, easy to watch. No big message. Just fun. Yeah, I thought it was stupid. Really? Yeah, I didn't care for it, really. I'm surprised to hear you say that. I thought you it's, liked it. It's just boring. I, at that point, I'm like, I would rather be listening to a podcast or something. Like, <laughs> no, that's fair. It's like, what am I doing? It's just After like, the this third seems, one, you're like, okay, I get it. It seems like it's made for people to go to sleep to. Yeah. that. Well, it's kind of the same thing over and over. But, you know. It was fun. You should watch a couple of episodes. Yeah, people seem to like it. Yeah. I, I would recommend if uh, you have like literally nothing else to do. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, let's talk about what we did watch that you liked. Uh, you want to talk about Batman? Yeah, I do. I really want to talk about the Batman right, that we saw. let's talk about the Batman. There's going to be some spoilers here, folks. So if not, uh, if you're not interested in that, I don't know, get lost. Bye-bye. Um, I think, didn't we have one other thing that we wanted to do? Oh yeah. Do we, let's, you want, you want to do those questions? Oh yeah. You want to do that before we do the let's Batman? Let's do the questions before the Batman because folks, hopefully you didn't get lost. Uh, yeah, let's do the questions before the Batman just because. What if we don't get to the Batman? Spoiler. Well, I imagine all of this stuff won't take so long. Okay. Should we, <laughs> should you edit that so that it, you, no. we don't tell people to turn no. off? No. Okay. Here are the questions. How is the, the idea mo- that somebody would have heard me say that and be like, fine, and like quickly turned it off? Yeah, I mean, it would be that's crazy. Not but you know what? If that's that type of person, then uh, say lovey. This is coming from Katrina, a listener of the podcast. What's up, Katrina? They, we appreciate you. We do. We really do. They asked, how is the mood and general zeitgeist and people different from when you were living in the city, then New Jersey Shore, then California? So like, what's the basic different feel of the city and the people were around in those three places. I'll go first. I got to say Brooklyn people feel, especially our neighborhood. It felt very young. Like it was very young. It felt very vibrant. And then it felt like everyone I kind of knew, like even the people I didn't know, I was like, I kind of recognized their face from the train. So I will say that the Brooklyn zeitgeist felt like a little bit more neighborhoody and a little bit more, it felt fresh, but it did also feel like at any moment, all of our floors might crumble out from underneath us. So there was kind of an element of like, is the structure rotting in our neighborhood in Brooklyn? Um, in New Jersey, it was like the opposite. Everyone was very old and you didn't see 
like there was only like a handful of people you saw more than once because everyone was like either visiting on vacation or a tourist. Like there was a couple of neighbors we saw a bunch and that was it. In Brooklyn, it was like I walked around and I was like, oh, I might know that person. But in, in, in New Jersey, there was just 10 people I knew and everyone else was a freaking mystery. Everyone else was old, um, which I liked. I thought it was a pretty chill. And I will say that New Jersey was beautiful. I did not feel like the foundation was going to drop out. I felt like it was just gorgeous and I could finally relax is what it felt like. And now, do you want to talk about these two places before I move to L.A.? Um, Reflect I, I, I on those two towns. I don't know if I have any, anything different to say about uh, Brooklyn. I agree. I wasn't really thinking about it until you said it, but I do agree that you do feel more familiar with the people there just because it feels like you're kind of seeing them at the store all the time. Yeah, the you're like constantly stop. passing them. A lot of in, in Brooklyn, a lot of people spend time outside of the apartment just because apartments are small and that's just kind of how New York is. So you kind of got to see everybody, all your neighbors all the time. In New Jersey, everybody's hidden away in their yeah. house and only come out for the like evening walk of their dog or when they're going to the store. Um, so kind of a lot more homebody stuff. Also, most of our time spent in New Jersey recently was in like deep COVID times. So, yeah. You know, not going to get a lot of social uh, atmosphere anyway. But I mean, that's kind of how it is in the suburbs. You know, you hear kids playing outside. This was not a neighborhood for that. So if the kids aren't playing outside, the adults are inside watching Jeopardy. Uh, you don't really see them. Um, I know New Jersey from when I grew up and... I would say when we spent our 16 to 18 months there, didn't feel like it did when I grew up mm. in New Jersey. It How was, was it different. different? I don't know. I think just getting out of there and then moving back, you know, you just yeah. have a different perspective on everything. Like New Jersey seemed like a lot bigger and a lot more um, stressful to me as a kid. Yeah. And then later I kind of thought of it as my little respite it does feel, it um, felt like a small town. Yes, for me, uh, where because coming from New York City, which I guess is like the most densely packed place you could possibly be ever. Yeah. Uh, going to like some dumbass suburb that has two targets feels like the country. <laughs> it really felt, you know, like and, some country shit. And so it did. It did uh, change for me as an adult. Um, L.A. I would say at first for me, L.A. felt very, the I don't know, I, I it, it felt very foreign to me at mm, first. Yeah, they're the, just like the way that nature is here is weird. Like you look up at the mountains and they're very bare. Like they, they're like brown with a lot of green shrubbery. Whereas like I'm used to like big, tall trees, you know, things that kind of shield you from the sun. L.A. feels very open to the sun and just it does feel like, I don't know, another planet almost in terms of like the biodiversity. The cityscape itself to me is reminiscent of like smaller cities that I've spent a little bit of time in. Um, trying to think of like those cities itself, but uh, I can't. But um, <laughs> just anytime I've visited like a smaller city, 
it just sort of felt like how Los Angeles is. What I'm connecting that really to is the fact that the only city that has ever felt any different to me than every other place on the planet has been New York City. Yeah. Because um, mostly because of the way that uh, you drive around. You just don't drive around like that in New York. So um, what do you it mean? completely changes the game. We drove in New York. Yeah. But like you don't just like cruise to Target. No, 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 no. But you cruise to Target in every other city in this country. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, every other city in this country, in my opinion, that I've spent a little time in has felt more like a small town. Um, yeah. You have a car. I would say the people that have only been to that city. You have a car in New York for emergencies and to leave the city. You're not taking it to the grocery store. Right. Unless you're like doing a special trip to Red Hook Fairway, you know? But, but also, that's like once every six months. Like when, you, when you're when you living in New York, it f- you, you take it for granted very quickly. Um, but it is such an intense space to be around. I cannot believe I lived there so long. Something I've discovered about myself from getting out of New York and living in New Jersey, which was very chill, and now LA, which is also chill, is that I'm a really tense, high-strung person, and I cannot believe I was in New York for a decade just running around being a little maniac. I feel like um I feel like where we live now. Yeah. It's kind of like where we came from. It's kind of like New Jersey. Yeah, it does have a New Jersey feel. But this is what I was saying to you the other day. That it feels like, because I was walking around the neighborhood and it's like cute and quaint. And then all of a sudden it, a friend pulls up in a car. So right. it's like it's like living in New Jersey if like a friend just popped up out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like living in a suburb, but you're not in complete obscurity. I will say, though, I had this thought on my walk earlier today and I was like, I don't think this makes sense. But like L.A. is a sunny place with like a cold vibe. And I feel like New York is a cold place with a sunny vibe. Does that make sense? I mean, it makes sense. I don't know if I 100% agree with it. I don't know. I, I might agree with the Los Angeles part, but New York could be very cold. Or also. New York is a cold <laughs> place with a warm vibe. I feel like it's like at New York's heart is warmth and at LA's heart is coldness. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's more of your just perception of things right now. I think that the just LA feels like there's like a disconnectedness here, like more so than I felt in New Jersey. Because in New Jersey... It was just everyone was disconnected. Again, it's hard to really understand because it was during the pandemic. So like, you know, what would it be like now? Who knows? What do you mean by disconnected? um, Here or in New Jersey? In New Jersey or just like what's the definition of disconnected? Like not. Like in L.A. it feels disconnected because our friends are here, but they're kind of like all over the place and we have to make an effort to see them. Like I did just say that a friend drove by out of nowhere. I realize I'm contradicting myself, but that's like a rarity. It feels more like I have people in L.A., but I have to like make effort. Whereas in New York, it was just like people all, you know, just would text you, I'm in your neighborhood, you want to hang out, or like you would run into someone on the street or something. And then in New Jersey, we were so disconnected because we didn't know anyone. You know, we had no pals in the state, really. Every All of our friends were in New York. So it was like, LA feels like the middle between those two. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, all right, I think we did. A, I think we did a good job on that. You think so? Think Do you so. have anything else to add about LA or the people or no, anything? Not really. I was weirded out by them more when I first got here, and now I'm starting to understand them a little bit more. I'm into LA people, and I also think this neighborhood really just feels like it is for us because whereas 
Bushwick felt so young and New Jersey felt so old. Everyone around us is 30 is what it feels like. Yeah, that is. I was thinking that too when I was starting to try to size up the people around here. I do feel like everybody's like basically our age, uh, especially like in this complex. Yeah. There are people that are a little younger, not by much. Yeah. And there are definitely people that are older than us here. But like it does seem like we are sort of the average age. We're the average that age. Would live in this complex. It feels appropriate for us to live here. Right. Like the apartment we were in in Brooklyn was like that apartment was for a 21 year old and we were in our early 30s. And the house in New Jersey is for like an 80 year old and we were like in our mid 30s. And this feels just right. right. This feels like. We're in the right place at the right time. I also, one more thing about LA is that I have a hard time leaving our neighborhood. Like I know you and I have lived here, babe, for like almost five months. We haven't ventured out and explored that many neighborhoods. We haven't gone to Santa Monica. We haven't, you know, gone and had dinner in some other neighborhood like Echo Park or something like that. Like we have really stuck to our little world here in Atwater and I'm okay with it. I mean, I've gone to plenty of places. Babe, you've gone nowhere. No, I have. Where have you been? It's just like when I'm invited to a party or a gathering, I go to that place. Yeah, we go to a house. We go to a house. No, we've been to plenty of bars and restaurants. Are you disagreeing with me? Yes. Where have you seen we've gone? We talk about it. Go listen back to this (laughs) stupid podcast. (laughs) I guess we went to to the Grove. Yeah, we've been to plenty of places. Studio City. Glendale. We did go to Studio City, Glendale. I guess we go to Anaheim a lot. I've been to North Hollywood. I've been to West Hollywood. I don't know if I've been to West Hollywood. Is that where the Grove is? Um, Yeah, it is. I've been to West Hollywood. I think that's more La Brea. I've been to Silver Lake. been to Eagle Rock, Pasadena. When have you been to Eagle Rock? been to the Target. Eagle Rock Target. It's just right over there. That doesn't count. Right over there. Question number two. Does Lily like any home better than the other? What does Lily do during the day? (laughs) Anything about Lily because Lily. You know, it's funny that Lily came up because when we were talking about what's the what's the Japanese show name? Old Enough. I, all I can think about is just putting Lily on a little task to go do something. I'm always asking Lily to get a job and she refuses um she's been real cute lately she's been doing cool stuff (laughs) um she she has a shoe box we're looking at it right now that she's been she has her own shoe box she's been lounging in the shoe box i got some new shoes last week and so lily immediately took that box Mm -hmm. um earlier before we started the podcast the three of us laid on the floor okay and Lily walked back and forth between Nick and I getting scratches for like a good 15 minutes. <laughs> like the lady is spoiled. She is very spoiled. She really does like it here, I think. I she- think this is her favorite place. To answer the first question, yes. like um, does she like any home better than the other? I I would say she liked Brooklyn because it was like, it was a lot of weird stuff was happening in Brooklyn in those walls. You know, our neighbors made a lot of noise. There was a parrot. There was a lot of strange smells. There was, you know, bugs. There was all sorts of excitement. She had her own dark part of the house, like a dark corner that she was always in. And um, I think that that was kind of like the Wild West for Lily, even though it was on the East. I think New Jersey she was into just because she could occasionally go out on the balcony. Nah, I don't think she was into New Jersey. But I think the sun was too bright there. Because remember, she would always go out on the balcony and then want to hide under the chair. I I think she, what, didn't have enough room to move around in there. Yeah. And I think that she... 
I don't know. We, 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 she had, she, there was barking dogs downstairs. We couldn't bring her downstairs. Like, obviously we're not going to let her go out on her own in the streets. And I don't know. She didn't like the beach when we took her to the beach. And I don't know. I would say New Jersey is probably her least favorite. Yeah. Brooklyn was her her favorite for all the wrong reasons, but the place that she has thrived the most is the LA apartment. Where we are right now, folks. We have like a big wall. Like one one of our walls in our living room is all sliding glass door. So it's huge. It's so much glass. I've never seen a sliding glass door this long before. And she will watch, she will leave it cracked. And we have this creek right outside of it or on, you know, our balcony looks over the creek. We have all these trees. We have one tree that is just like a magnet for hummingbirds. And then this area is full of squirrels. Lily will spend hours watching stuff, sniffing things, um, everything that's happening outside. She's very into. And you guys know from listening to the pod, we've been letting her on the porch. She sits in her chair and she's a good little baby. Well, sometimes she gets up. Sometimes she's a bad little baby. The other day she got up and like scaled the window. and uh, Truly and a I, terrifying Ashley moment. I freaked out, but then she shimmied back and. Yeah, she walked backwards. She walked backwards, which made me laugh. It was very funny. Um, yeah, she likes it here the best. I mean, we go out there on the porch pretty much every day, and she gets to sit out there, and she's got the windows in the bedroom, and then, as you were saying, the windows in here, and I work from home. You work from home. Hey, how dare you? Um, she is spoiled with our attention, though. Yeah. If we leave the house for more than three hours, she's pissed. She's like, where have you been? How, why didn't you bring me with you? But I would say that LA apartments are favorite because there's more room and the entertainment, the na- the natural wildlife is more enticing. And every so often we get to have a friend over here and Lily likes to come out and strut her stuff. She get, likes to be cute. And get a couple of pets from some friends too. So And this is big. There's a little cat who lives a couple of doors down named... Matilda. And she comes up and sits on our doormat and sniffs through the door and gets Lily's attention and then Lily will sniff through the door. Now, we've never caught her on the doormat, so we don't know that she really is there. We've caught her on the doormat. We have. Ooh. Well, we have, first off, we have proof. Her fur is all over the doormat. There's like her white fur is on the doormat. Is it? Yes. Okay. And second, there's that frosted glass next to the door. I've seen her dart past it, you leaving think, our floor you mat. You think you did. No, I 100% have. <laughs> I 100% We really have. want it to be the case. It is, babe. It I'm, is. I'm wondering what the end game here is. Could they ever see each other face to face? I think if we get to a point where Matilda lets us open the door, we let Matilda in. Okay. What do you think? I'm totally fine with Matilda being in here. What do I don't know about Lily, though. <laughs> okay, never like, mind. I'm immediately regretting. Lily would, be like, Lily would be like, what the fuck? You've taken away everything I enjoyed about you guys. I will say that Matilda, according to her owner, has never let anyone touch her. And she let me rub on her. And I think it's because my hands smelled like Lily. Yeah. Because I had just been scratching on Lily. We're always just have come from scratching <laughs> on Lily, folks. Um, all right. Let's talk about the Batman. Are we really? I want to actually talk about the Batman. Like, I have a lot to say about it. Like, we're, the idea that we're just going to talk about it for the last part of the yeah, podcast. About three, three minutes. Can you no, give him three? Don't you have a lot to say? Nothing. 
We saw it in theaters. It's three hours long. It has created sort of a renaissance for both of us, like bringing us back into the series, getting us pumped about it. We came home and we watched the Batman animated series. We watched the first two episodes of that. And then Nick downloaded like a whole comic book and read all of that. He talked about that earlier. I think he he at least talked about it on one iteration of us trying to start this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I read uh, Batman Year One written by which is a comic book Mm -hmm. um it's the origin story for batman which um some of this was based on the batman and the thing about the batman and the reason why it brought us in and got us going back and looking at all this you know old batman history is because it was really 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 good i liked it I loved it. Yeah, Ashley loves all movies. We also determined that this week. It's a return to to Batman as detective. It's a haunted Batman. Um, I was reading about like little IMDb trivia, and Matt Reeves, who wrote it, wrote it with Robert Pattinson. Is that how you say his name? Pattinson. Pattinson wrote it with Robert Pattinson in mind. So this is just like, what a wonderful opportunity. Like the guy you're writing it for says yes to it. But apparently Robert Pattinson was like eyeing up that role. Like, how can I get it? And then found out that it had been written for him. Weird. Why would it have been written for him? He's British. Guess why? Why? Okay. I'm just going to just, just guess. Just take a guess. Why do you think it was written for him? Uh, And it's a guess. And I'm only asking you to guess because it's an answer that I think you could get. Um, because he's a good actor. Because Matt Reeves saw Good Time. Right. And was like, that's my Batman. Yeah. Like, I want that kind of energy for Batman. Like, I want like a Kurt Cobain kind of like depressed weird guy. They really did take that, that, uh, one Nirvana song and really used it to his maximum effect. Yeah. He listened to it while, when he was writing the scripts. I feel like, um, I wanted more. Nirvana and the, I agree and I wanted it did more, default into just like traditional Batman music I wanted more good time Robert Pattinson yeah I feel like the movie definitely couldn't have been good time it's too big of a deal too big of a franchise you can't just like let a guy run around the streets <laughs> and of Queens and call it a Batman movie I mean you could but they're not going to um I would say that this is a very very good movie um Mostly because it's really hard to kind of reboot these things in an in a not that clunky way, and I think a reboot. This is um, a reboot that I can handle. It's different from the last set of Batman's, the Christopher Nolan directed Batman's with Christian Bale as Batman. It's different, but it also can it continues what I think people like about those movies, where they're like, we're taking Batman really seriously. Yeah. Um, it's not a kid's thing. It's not a kid's thing. This is a creepy movie. Yeah. It's a dark Batman movie. Um, it's kind of sick and demented in some ways. Uh, the the Riddler is the villain. And I mean, we won't ruin exactly what happens there, but they make the Riddler like very realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, they make Batman very realistic, as realistic as you can make Batman. But, you know, Batman's a vigilante who's really good at being a detective and he's comes from so much wealth that he can afford gadgets and has a cave and et cetera, et cetera. But he's also just like a tortured soul who, you know, just wants to avenge his parents' death or something like that. Uh, the classic Batman tale. Now, what are you giving me the... Oh, no, no, sorry. I just you... thought of something. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say to you, this is like 
I, I didn't mean to interrupt your thought with like my face <laughs> making a strange face, but I was thinking about how I read that this is the only Batman movie where you see his makeup underneath his cowl. That's what yeah. this thing is called or whatever his mask thing is. It's the only time you see him with the black makeup on, which I thought was like a really great touch because it, it does make him look haunted. Yeah, it's, it adds to the like goth nature of this movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, yeah, you would paint your eyes like mm-hmm. that so your eyelids weren't white. Uh, it happens in those movies. We just don't see them applying the, ma- the makeup or taking it off. Yeah. Um, you know, the Catwoman aspect of it, Catwoman also is in it, played by Zoe Kravitz. Um, maybe the, for me, the least part that I was maybe excited by, maybe, but it is sort of a throwback and a return to like the nineties Batman's where like Batman kind of has a little bit of a relationship, uh, with Catwoman. It's the greatest love story. Um, as a matter of fact, Batman year one go kind of touches a lot on the introduce in, introduction of Selina to the Batman world. And the beginning of this movie starts with Gotham, Gotham City. It says Gotham City year two. So I did read that Matt Reeves was like inspired by year one. Yeah. So I think it's neat that he is picking it up at year two. Yes. And also the Batman was the original title. Yes. I think that's cool too. Yeah. Like they dropped the in the 60s and just made it Batman. Um, in Batman year one, they refer to him as the Batman quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like throwback stuff that I didn't realize that I thought was really interesting. Like the car. I didn't realize that like the throwback to the hot rod instead of it being like some sort of NASA spaceship. Yeah. You know, like it having, it's just being like a cool street car almost. And is the hot rod from the 60s as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was cool. And then Matt Reeves, I thought he wrote in like an interview or said in an interview that he wanted the Batmobile to also feel like an animal, to feel like it had its own darkness and was like bringing a fear element to it. And when you, when I read that and then I thought about how it's introduced in the movie, like the first time we see it, I was like, wow, he pulled that off. He made it have an impact. So it's not just a car. I saw it. Did you see it in the Batcave? It was under a sheet in the Batcave, oh, which I, I thought was kind of cool, which was like, oh, he just has like, there's a car like under a tarp, like a sheet that's like up, raised up and you don't, you don't see it, but there's that's no, cool. there's nothing else back there. It's just that one car. And I'm like, oh, that must be the, 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 the Batmobile. And I'm like, I wonder when this motherfucker is going to break the Batmobile out. And then he does break the Batmobile out and you don't get a good look at it which I kind of like too. Yeah, it it's, comes out of a corner. Out of a corner and it's super dark and you only get like some close-ups. and then... But it feels like an animal that's crouched in the darkness about yeah. to pounce. Um, Batman Year One, he's whipping around on a motorcycle quite a bit. I have to read that comic. It's, it took me like an hour and a half. It, I, I ripped through it. Here are my three issues with the movie. Are you ready? Yeah. One is when we originally see the Batcave, there's all these bats flying around and I'm like, that place would be covered in shit. If that was true, there'd be droppings everywhere. Well, the Batcave traditionally, and they reinforce this in year one, bats live in the in the Batcave. That's wild. Um, Wouldn't there be poop everywhere? Well, they live deep in the Batcave. They don't live like where he's doing all his stuff, but like it's it's like a it's uh it, it's an endless cave because it's like an escape hatch for the family, you know. So uh. like it's uh. Bats congregate. All the got bats in Gotham congregate there. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Two, when we are in Catwoman's apartment for maybe the first or second time, 
She opens the refrigerator to get a glass of milk, and then she just doesn't close the fridge door. And there's just a whole scene where they're just talking with the refrigerator door open, and it has a cinematic effect. The light spilling out from the fridge is beautiful, but just as a neurotic person, I was like, please close the door. Please. The electricity that you're using, close it. Close that door. And then three, my last thing. The movie was like three hours, but... That's my complaint is that the movie was too long, but I have no idea what you would cut. And I think you needed all the scenes. So maybe I won't complain about the link. I didn't like that. It was that long either, but, and I think I maybe would have some suggestions on some cuts, but it's not worth bringing up because I couldn't, I couldn't defend them really. It was good. I'm excited. I hope they just keep uh, pumping them out. I'd, uh, I'd like to go see more of these movies. Are we going to watch a Batman movie tonight? I think maybe. It's now like a little late for me. Yeah. It's now 10 o'clock. Wow. Um, so How the day just goes by. Yeah. Uh, so I think we just have to kind of just say, uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to say folks a few more times. Folks, 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 we folks, We appreciate folks. you. And if you have any questions for us, email us at realityblowspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to answer them. A shout out one more time to Katrina. Who sent us those questions? Thank you, Katrina. Folks, Bye. We have a nice folky time. Good night, folks.